for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is December 29th, 2020. And today we are talking to Bryant Lyon about the monkey he finally got off his back with the buck that he killed this year. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is episode 140. And today's a good episode. And the fact that uh, I have a good buddy on, Bryant Lyon, from America's Best Bowstrings, and we're talking about a story today that uh, has been a long time coming. Bryant has went eight or nine years now without killing a buck with a bow, and honestly, it's not just for a lack of trying. It's just he hasn't been able to get in front of something that he's been wanting to take, and uh, you know everything came to a head this year. He finally put in you know, put in a food plot this year. And, uh, I really think that was probably the factor that kind of like took it over the edge that was like, was able to help him get this done. So it's a really cool story. Like I said, it's been uh, a long hiatus that he's taken that since he's killed a buck with his bow, but, uh, it's a really cool story. I don't want to say too much about it in this intro. Cause I want to get in a couple other, a couple other things before we get into the interview, but, um, just a little update on everything that's been going on with me and, and, uh, you know, it's a holiday. So Merry Christmas to everybody, you know, it's late, but, uh, and, and happy new year coming up here is new year's this week. We need to, we need to kick the hell out of 2020 and get it the hell out of here and get 2021 in here and, and get a fresh slate started and, and hit the reset button. But, um, the last couple of weeks, I've been on kind of a mission to, you know, get some does down, fill the freezer. I want to kill one with my bow. I want to kill one with my gun. And honestly, we got a couple of days left, still a season. And I'm trying to get a bead on a buck still. Been out hunting a little bit and just haven't found what I'm looking for. And honestly, I don't even know how many 
deer or you know shooters that I've been after this year have made it through. So I'm still trying to figure that out. Honestly, since I haven't got a picture of any of them, it probably means that uh, they haven't made it through yet. So I hope that's not the case. But there are a couple that I have not confirmed that you know neighbors have killed or you know are dead yet. So I'm taking it as they're still living. Hopefully they are. But um, a couple weeks ago, I actually went out and uh, on my family farm and was able to take a doe with my bow. It was really, <laughs> really cool. I, I, I love getting after does and filling the freezer and she was a big doe. Thing was, is I was actually in quarantine at the time and, uh, didn't have any help. I didn't have COVID. I was exposed to COVID and, uh, I didn't have any help. So it was, it was a, it was kind of a, kind of a debacle trying to do it myself but uh as far as like dragging the deer out and getting it back up to camp and everything but it's uh it was it was pretty cool it was it was fun and it was one of those rewarding things just like you know honestly if if I kill a deer you know every year it's usually somebody's with me or you know my dad comes to help or something like that and I could I couldn't do that so it's pretty cool to to do that and then uh just the other day right after christmas my father-in-law and i went out and tried to thin out the herd a little bit and get some you know meat in the freezer on uh one of the properties around the house here and we are we were able to take three does in one morning with the guns so that was fun and uh just a memory that you know i'll never forget with him so we got we got a lot of meat in the freezer which is good and uh i think i think uh we won't be you know, starving for the <laughs> the near future. So, but other than that, I mean, that's kind of what's been going on here. It's, you know, we come off the road and uh, from Kansas and now it's, it's full edit mode right now and, and uh, creating some content, but uh, Humanimal stuff will start rolling out here um, soon. I don't have a date on that yet, but hopefully I'll be able to let you guys know here soon. And uh, as far as the fall podcast goes, we've got a lot of cool guests coming up. I know you know, I've skipped a couple weeks here just because one thing or the other, you know, holiday, but not only that, you know, just busy doing work stuff and being on the road and everything. So it's, we're going to get back into that mode of every week here, every Tuesday. So look for that stuff. Um, yeah, and I'm excited. I've, I've already recorded a few of these interviews and, and I'm super jacked with them. So um, can't wait to get them out to you guys. So thank you guys very much for the support. And like I said, Merry Christmas to everybody. Hopefully you guys have a safe holiday. Uh, Happy New Year. That's coming up. So um, have a safe holiday, travel safe and everything. And, you know, I know everybody's seasons are kind of winding down. And I said it, you know, last week, but uh, or the last episode, but get out there and try to fill that last tag and, and, and fill the freezer and, and uh, have fun doing it. All right. Welcome back to the fall podcast today. Another return guest and, uh, a guy that I haven't caught up with in a while, and that's why we're on here. And you were able to kill a really good buck in the quote unquote uh, October lull this year. So Bryant Lyon from America's Best Bowstrings, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Aaron, thanks for having me on, man. It's 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 been a while, so it's uh, good to be back on with you. <laughs> it has been a while, man. I, we haven't even like talked on the phone. I mean, I guess we did last night for a little bit, but I mean, before that, we haven't even talked on the phone or text a little bit this fall or even you know latter part of the summer this this pandemic and this covid shit has just got us all <laughs> weird right now yeah man it's 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 been crazy it's just the weirdest year um obviously here we are we're almost coming up on christmas and the one thing that we you know we say around here is just like it doesn't even feel like christmas yet like how is this happening i know what. but kind of back to what you were saying yeah we haven't got to ca- catch up much no. um kind of a 
you know, busy on your end, busy on my end, but uh, I'm super excited to be able to chat with you. It was nice chatting with you last night there for a little bit, like you said, but yeah, lots for to sure. go over, I imagine. Yeah, you had to bring up the Ohio State-Michigan cancellation football game, and, you know, you had to rub it in a little bit that, you know, we didn't want to, Michigan didn't want to play because, you know, Ohio State would put up 70 on Michigan, and, you know, it's just a little bantering, something I didn't need. <laughs> it's, it's the little things. It's the little folks that we still yeah. have to have. We, we can't have a game now, so I got to I gotta get the jab in there. Yeah, but, you know, the Big Ten, they, they did, you know, cater it to Ohio State so they could get into the Big Ten title game. But honestly, I mean, now it's turned into a football podcast here, but briefly <laughs> – as bad as I hate to say this, I mean, Ohio State is probably the best team in the country right now, I feel like. So, I mean, realistically, they should be in the Big Ten title game. So, I can't yeah. believe I just said that on the record. I might have to <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> Edit that one out. But, yeah, you're – I mean, it's cool. I mean, the Buckeyes have always been a good team. And uh, just, again, it's just the weirdness of this year is kind of – you know, made them be able to get through another good team and 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 see where we're going to go here in January. So yeah, we'll see what I, happens. It, it's it's going to be interesting because it's just, like you said, it's just weird. I mean, Ohio State's only played what four games this year or five games or something like five that. Five games, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, for for here being like Ohio, when it's Buckeye season, it's Buckeye season. Like it's all Ohio State everywhere, everything. You know, that's that's what, what's happening. It's football season, but. It's been like so low key here. It's been crazy. It's just it, you wouldn't yep. know. Like I said, it's just with everything going on the way that it has. Um, it's just it's been very low key, but it's it's still cool to see the Buckeyes doing well. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny. Not even just football season, but I'm I've been staying at my deer camp the last couple of days. You know, we just got back from Kansas, and I've been up here hunting a little bit and everything. But it doesn't even feel like hunting season here in Michigan. It's 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 really weird. I can't explain it. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's late season, obviously, and, and trying to trying to find, you know, a shooter in late season in Michigan right now, especially around us, is kind of nearly impossible, but um, kind of putting in a little bit of time right now. But it, when I go out to the, the stand or something like that or go hunting, it just doesn't feel like, it just doesn't feel like it's hunting season anymore. I, I don't know why. It's, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you, it's just, it's the whole year. It's the whole vibe of the year. And uh, for me, it's kind of the same thing. I was just kind of like driving out to work today and I saw some geese flying over. I'm like, yeah, waterfowl season just kicked back in last weekend for, for, for ducks and, and yep. geese. And I'm like, I, normally I'm all amped up for that, but uh, it's just kind of like, I guess I'll go. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I see him flying. <laughs> I guess I'll go. That must be happening now. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, today, obviously, I want to get on just, bullshit with you a little bit but also talk about uh the buck that you took this year in october with your bow because you know the last time you and i talked on a podcast would have been man probably almost two years ago it wasn't two years ago was it it was oh, like let's it was probably early 2019 really like early 2019 april march april those. may somewhere yeah. there 2019 yeah, i believe so yeah so i mean even you know just talking over the phone with you you know, through like the spring and the last winter and everything, you you were talking about changing some things up and wanting to get in and put a food plot in and a little kill plot. And I guess that's kind of where I want to start. Like where, what was your thoughts on this piece of ground? You know, it's private ground that you have. What was your thoughts on, you know, trying to get the deer to do what you wanted? Like what was your game plan there? So, yeah, it, uh, 
obviously we have the 2019 season and I learned some things. It's, it's, it's my in-laws farm, um, that I, I primarily stick to. And it's, it's about a 55 acre, uh, 54, 55 acre, um, just kind of farm timber. Um, it's got a Creek bottom, like river bottom, stuff like that. So it's got a lot of different things going for it and I'm pretty familiar with it and where the deer are moving, you know, and stuff like that. But, uh, this year I hunted the river bottom side, um, as I did in 2019, but 2019 was kind of a learning experience, um, and, and kind of seeing what happened. And the one thing that I noticed, uh, based off the of trail cam, uh, pictures was the deer were heavy in there because of the acorns in October, especially early October in 2019. Uh, you're talking. Yeah. In 2019. Yes. Yep. Okay. So I took a lot of that info, just kind of logged it and, you know, put, you know, kind of just scribble notes in a journal or whatever else. And, uh, keep an eye on them photos and save them into the into the photo bank there. Um, and just I, I I remembered that it was like early October, that first two weeks of October, that the good bucks that were cruising through there. Um, so I kind of left it. I went through that season, and as the later part of the season happened, we got into November. It wasn't that great. There wasn't a lot of activity on that side. What do you think that uh, could have been because I, of? I I really don't know if it was I, I really can't explain it because i want to say they were more so on the the heavy timber side and i can't say that for sure um because i didn't really run too many cameras on that side but i don't know if 2019 was just a weird year for that farm um but we had really nice bucks in there again the first two weeks of october and then they just they were ghosts they were no longer there i didn't even have them you know late night you know pictures and you know nocturnal pictures or anything like that um, so I just used that 2019 as a learning experience for that side going into this year. Um, just some different things, you know, just picking people's brains and, and kind of taking my own ideas and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to try to do a food plot. I've never done a food plot ever. Uh, we discussed that, that, uh, put a little kill plot in. Um, I met a guy uh, who works with big time and, uh, just kind of talked to him about some stuff. So he's like, Hey, you know, check this stuff out if you're interested you know we'll work something out and, and and get you some seeds so i just tried their it's called uh buck brunch i did big time buck brunch well and... so what, before you get too far here what was your plan for the food plot like what did you have an opening in the timber did you have an op- like where did you want to locate it and like was there any train features around it so i left my tree stand in the same spot i know that sometimes guys might think this is crazy anymore these days but I left my tree stand hanging um, from 2019 because I knew it was going to be a good spot. It was just yep. a matter of getting that timing right and maybe improving that little bit of that area. And uh, you're still talking about with. like in the acorn area, right? Where you got yeah. So I'm still in the, I'm still in the oaks. Yeah, yep. okay. I'm still in the oaks, which is it's kind of partial horse pasture. So we have a big horse that's in the pasture there, and she kind of just minds her own business. Um, so it's an old gas well road that basically goes up. And it's just kind of, it was overgrown, had a lot of thick, you know, briars and bushes and grass. Um, and it's basically 20 yards out in front of my tree stand. So um, I just went in there this summer and I mean, I cleared everything out with just a weed whacker and, uh, you know, some, just like a machete, really. A little poor man's plot. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what this was. I don't yep. have um, access to heavy equipment and it's really hard to get heavy equipment back up in there now that it's kind of not been really regularly used. So uh, just went in there, cleared it out, kind of ran the weed killer over it, just let it sit, and um, 
just me and my wife went out there one day and laid out the seed and broadcasted seed and was, you know, kind of, I honestly went into it not knowing what was going to happen. I was kind of like thinking it, you know, at the best, it might, might get a little bit, you know, a little bit of growth. We'll see what happens. Yep. Um, over the course of time and obviously just talking with, um, the guy over at big time there, uh, John, and then discussing with our owner of America's best bowstrings, Jerry Mullet, who runs food plots, um, regularly every year, just pick their brains on what I should do as far as like fertilizer, lime, stuff like that. Um, here's another thing. Bryant didn't run a soil test this year. <laughs> uh, I know everybody says run a soil test. It's the most important thing you can do. I didn't do it. So I was just kind of going in, uh, just blind and just tried it. I'm like, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. Yep. And, uh, it worked. I mean, honestly, I went in there one day, uh, after a couple of weeks of letting that, that seed sit and we got some good rains. Um, it started growing. I started seeing real good growth and, um, ran again, just running fertilizer over it, some stuff like that. And it turned out to be like, over the course of time, I just kind of kept monitored photos, took photos of it as it growed. Yep. Uh, it, it turned out great. And it was like a, um, it was like a wheat, I think it was a wheat, rye, brassica, clover mix. It was okay. like a good blend, just real easy stuff. But I also threw in a little bit of chicory. Uh, that doesn't really come into that plot mix, but I threw some chicory in there. Um, at your, uh, you referred the chicory to me, said that stuff will pretty much grow anywhere. So I threw that in there as well, and it turned into a great green plot. Yep. I was really thrilled with it. So that was real beneficial to what was going on on that side. Put a couple cameras out there and just just kind of let it go. I didn't want to get up there too much. I didn't want to be messing with stuff, leaving too much scent. Um, I did put a mineral lick out there, a mineral site for the deer. And then just kind of let the the food plot do its thing and just stayed out of it. I just yeah. left it alone. I didn't want to go in there and and just bump deer or leave my scent in there too much. And uh, I attribute a lot of that to to what you know how I was able to to be successful this year. So um, harvesting my buck. Yeah. So coming into you know you want to do a food plot this year. What was the reasoning you wanted to do, to do a food plot? Because you know you said from the historical data from the year before. You know, you had a lot of acorns in there, good acorn crop, and you had some shooter bucks, you know, working through there in early October. So, you know, what made you want to put that food plot in there? What was your goal, I guess? I guess my goal was to have a grazing site that would kind of bring the does in uh, because we had a good amount of does. Like, that's just been a good thing about that that ranch is we have a good number of does that will come through. Okay. Um, and it's just a matter of getting them to come through maybe a little bit, I guess, and just graze through that area because if they're going to come in there and graze, we'll most likely have a, a good buck that will come and check it out as well and not be in such a panic or a rush to get through there. Yep. So I had the acorns obviously, you know, right where I was in the timber, but then we had this little, this little road where I had that food plot and my whole thought process was just give the deer a spot. Maybe they can feel comfortable coming in and not have to feel so rushed so they'll have acorns here they'll have the the, the that big time buck brunch out in the out in the plot and just kind of make it more of a comfortable setting you know something they could come in here and, and just get used to uh, so that was my whole my whole thought there and just to try something new i'd never tried a food plot so i was like here's a great spot to try it let's, yep. let's give it a shot and see what happens gotcha okay so you go in and, and you and your wife, you know, you do all this work and you plant this plot and it's coming up good. 
what's the pictures looking like? Because you said you put a camera on it. So, like, what, you know, through September and, and getting into October, what's your pictures looking like? So, it was crazy because um, August was fantastic for, like, I honestly was, I got some good bucks, you know, between August and September. Um, good bachelor groups. I mean, I was seeing four or five good young, like, I'd say three-year-olds. Yep. Um, there may have been a four-year-old or so in there. Um, it's really cool though, because you can tell just the, the racks and the genetics that it's, it's, they're pretty much like family groups. I mean, that's what I would assume by looking at some of these deer. Um, I think I had sent a couple of photos over to you as well, but we were getting does running through with fawns. We were getting, um, good bachelor group buck photos on my cameras. So I knew they were in that plot. They were using that area. Uh, so use a lot, utilizing the cameras again, I just, I only went in there when I felt like I could, you know, if we had a rainy day or something like that, that would cover my scent, I would get in there, pull the card, you know, put a new card in it and I would be out. I wouldn't kind of, I wouldn't mess around too much with, um, leaving scent. Cause I just, I wanted to stay out of there as much as possible, leave mm-hmm. it alone. But the, the, the pictures were great. I was getting a lot of good photos. Um, but there was a point like right before our bow season started in September where like I had nothing on camera anymore. So they weren't coming into the food plot. Um, I wasn't really seeing much activity. So I kind of worried a little bit. Yep. Um, but just talking to some other guys are like, that's what they're going to do. Those bucks are going to go off. That's when they're going to start dispersing. Yeah. And, uh, they'll eventually, you know, some of them might make their way back. It's just kind of like this transition end, period. Of, <laughs> end of summer thing that they yeah. do yeah transition it's when period, the velvet so. comes off they always seem like they disperse because that's when i feel like that's when they're like okay well you know my brothers that i've been running with for the last you know last little bit of this year is like i don't want them around me anymore because their body's telling them hey you know i'm gonna fight you <laughs> kind of you know i'm the dominant exactly. buck around here so so when that disperse happened you know nothing was there your season in Ohio starts and like last Saturday in September. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we, we start up on both season end of September there. Um, and typically I don't get in there on that, on that weekend or anything. I don't know what it is. Yep. It's just my own habit. It's typically hot. You know, it's just, it's terrible weather to go hunting. I've never been a fan of it. Now I would say that a lot of guys in Ohio that I know did really well, especially for the opener that weekend. Um, they did pretty well, uh-huh. but um, I kind of, and again, I, I told, I talked to you about this at one point, there's uh, the uh, moon phase episode that you had done earlier this year. Yep. I, I marked days on my calendar through our early bow season and I marked them based off the moon period and stuff like that. Um, so I had a couple days really pinpointed um, of what I, when I really wanted to get in there, cause I was really picking my punches. I wasn't just constantly going out to that. Okay. That stand. Yep. Um, I was staying out of it until I felt like it was just perfect conditions, um, using the moon, using weather, uh, and just kind of picking my punches on that one. Just pick my spots. And well, was uh, this a spot you know. think you could have got into in the morning, or was it just like strictly an evening spot? I'll tell you right now, it's it's morning. Okay. Absolutely morning. I, I've I've hunted that between 2019 and a couple times. I I had sat two times uh, this year. 2020 on that side in the evening and i did not see a deer oh really? so that tells me they were not using that side they weren't using utilizing that side at all in the evening so i just was like i'm done i'm not gonna hunt here in the evening yep um strictly morning that was when i saw the most activity Um, and it it, 
I'm, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, and it's early morning. We were talking, you know, between 7.30 to, like, 9.30 was, like, that real good peak activity time okay. for that side. So Now, let me ask you this. Now, is there, do you have on your property or, you know, maybe just off the property or something like that, do you have a good bedding area where you think in the morning these deer are coming back to bed and that's when you're catching them? I'm not sure if it's that. I think it's more so they were working their ways down into the cornfields and the bean fields in the morning. They were okay. going down and they were going down into those crops because um, there there are a couple farms that adjoin the properties. They were going working their way down that way. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, is, is basically what I was catching. They were coming from one field in the river bottom, uh, in you know from the I'm gonna guess early morning, and they yep. would work their way up to go to another field, or they would make. There's a there's a spot where they typically would cross the road of the drive. Okay. Um, to go to the other side of the property, and that's real thick hardwood, real thick, you know, like briars, brushes, ridge lines. You know, it's got, it's hillies. You know, it's got like hills and rolls and spaces that they could hide in the mid afternoon when they wanted to. So sure. yeah, there's good bedding on the other side. Okay, I got you. I was just curious because. You know, if you're getting early movement like that, I was just, the first thing that came to my mind is like, okay, maybe you have some bedding or there, you know, it could be food like you talked as well. And if you're on, you said you're on, uh, you got a river, a creek right there, a creek bottom. Like, yeah, I've got like, a, I've got a river bottom probably about, I'd, I'd give or take it at about 300 yards down the hill. Okay. Maybe not, maybe even a little closer than that, honestly. Is it something, I'm trying to picture this a little bit too, is it something that they travel, maybe a train feature makes them come by you to, like, that's the closest point to get down to that river bottom, and, you know, um, that's how they like to travel it? Yeah, so what I've noticed is there's two possibles for that, for where they're coming from, and I called this tree stand, um, and this, this, this stand area specifically, I called it the hot corner. Okay. Um, and I called it the hot corner because it's kind of a baseball term, you know, playing third base and Love stuff it. like that. That's where I killed the Hambino um, last year, the hot corner, the stand I named it. Yeah, and I remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, I didn't. I don't even think I knew that before I called it this, but it's just I called it the hot corner because it, the deer would just show up at the snap of a finger. Yep. You had no idea they were coming because they could sneak so easily into this spot, um, and they would just appear. I mean, I literally realized they come out of this one specific spot. I've never seen a deer come anywhere else except for one specific spot. So it was a heavy trail that they were using. And there were two options. They could either come out where I would see them from this this one little opening, which would be to my immediate right. Um, and they and, and what I've noticed is the bucks would typically, this is how the bucks would travel. They would come out. And then they would go immediately right downhill. They they just go right across and go right down the steep drop that goes down into the river bottom. Okay. Um, so I don't know necessarily why that's what they were doing, but that just I noticed a tendency with some of the bucks. That was the way that they'd go. The does, on the other hand, would take a left and they would walk right either behind my tree stand or they'd walk out into the food plot. Um, so that's kind of how I noticed like some of the tendencies, again, you, when you hunt that same spot, you start to realize what's going on. So, and then what I also did is I took my camera off of the food plot. Um, I think it was after my first sit in October, I moved it over to that trail to kind of see who's coming through there. Yep. Um, and, and that's just, like I said, I noticed the bucks were kind of using, they were going right when the does were going left. So I was trying to just get some more intel on what was going on there what time they're moving. Yep. Stuff like that. When you saw that, <clears throat> excuse me, when you saw that movement, did you ever think to, like, maybe I need to get my stand down there? Or, 
you know, split the difference or get closer to where that, you know, that drop off or they're, they're coming down in. I gave it a thought. Um, but there weren't, there's not a whole lot of good sturdy trees where they were going. I mean, it's a lot of just like briars and thickets and, um, I maybe could have tried to like a ground blind in, in, in a certain spot. Um, but it's a pretty steep drop okay. where they start to go over. So I still felt comfortable where I was. I, the one thing I did think about was maybe rotating my, my tree stand off of the tree to face more directly at that spot. Okay. Because um, what I was doing is I was facing directly into my food plot. And um, so I had kind of a, you know, a good, I would see them, they'd come out from my right. Um, and they would typically travel, like I said, the bucks would kind of go down over that hill does would kind of follow right into the meat into the food plot or maybe right behind me um so i still felt comfortable with what i was doing i didn't feel the need to really be super aggressive yep. in that spot yet because it was still early october uh-huh. when i was when i was noticing this movement so you didn't feel like you were out of the game where you were you felt like it was just kind of a matter of time and even like i would be thinking you know if you're that close then you know come rut you know if you see something working you could try to call them over or and or the does, you know, they might be still working through right behind your tree stand. And, you know, you get a hot doe in there. You just never know. Bingo. Yeah. So the one thing that I the one thing I did, I guess, is you start to realize exactly where they're coming out. And I mean, it was it was it was just routine. They would come out at the same spot. Not once did they ever come out at a different spot. So uh-huh. I went over. I adjusted some tree limbs. I cut down a couple like saplings that were in that sh- that would have been a shooting lane for me. I learned a valuable lesson early on. I think it was like my, my second sit in that morning. Uh, I did have a really nice eight, um, just a good eight point came out. Uh, and he kind of gave me the slip. <laughs> he went, he, he did that right. He did, took that right hand turn and walked down would have been about a 35 yard shot, but I wasn't comfortable with it because the angle he was positioned and then some of the low hanging branches that were kind of there. Okay. So, I learned a valuable lesson on that hunt, went out, snipped some of those branches down, cut some spots, um, and just kind of marked, I kind of went out and I kind of marked a tree. I kind of broke it down to where it was bent to where I could get my rangefinder directly on that spot and know exactly what it does, what it was, because there is a little bit of a, a little bit of a drop that adds a little bit of range time or a little bit of range to it. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that I'd be accurate. Cause I just knew that I felt like that's where I was going to make a shot more than anything. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, coming into early October, you know, the bucks are gone on trail cam. Now, did they ever end up showing back up? Um, yes. So, <laughs> they the bucks that I was seeing in, like, August and September, I did not ever see one of them on the hoof. Okay. Um, I was kind of hoping I'd see one in particular. Um, he was a really nice nine-point, real heavy um, good nine, got a crab call, cl- uh, crab claw coming off one on the sides there. Um, just a nice looking buck. He was probably maybe about that four year old range. Yep. Um, you don't see too many, you know, we talk about mature deer. You don't see too many mature deer. I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, you get, we're connected to a sport sportsman's club. The property is connected to a sportsman's club and a couple other neighboring farms that guys hunt. Yep. So, those those mature deer are smart. I'm not to say they're not out there. I know they're out there. There's some big bucks out there, but they're smart and they know when to move. And it's a real cat and mouse game. Now, can people hunt that sportsman's club? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't hunt. I mean, you have to be a member. You have to be a member of the club. Um, 
but those guys they know where a lot of those deer are running down through so they'll get close to our property sometimes and they intercept before we can ever get a good shot on them so so in a lot of ways that's kind of like some public ground then it kind of i guess i mean like i said you have to be a member to it um but they know those guys do pretty good at knowing where their spots are and we've seen we've seen sportsman's club members cameras right on our property line <laughs> like because that's where the there's a certain spot in particular on the other side of the property where i didn't hunt this year that i mean it is a funnel for for rut like it is a beautiful rut spot because they just run this ridge line and then they'll go bed up on the top of the hill so they can see everything going yep. on below them yeah that's where those guys put their cameras and then they'll come bring their tree stands down so that's where a lot of big deer get into but unfortunately those big deer are mostly on the property of the sportsman's club so it's kind of it's just a difficult spot to hunt because it's so close to that 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 club but it's a good spot it's kind of another reason i went over to the other side of the property on the riverside okay i see so those bucks didn't show up you know you didn't see them on the hoof at all now when did you when was the first day that you hunted this spot oh man i want to say my first hunt gosh gonna have to ask me that. i gotta look at my calendar on that one but <laughs> i mean it was definitely october i want to say that it was definitely in october and w- um, were you thinking only to do morning sits to to begin with yeah i'm like super unconventional because i know a lot of guys are like i won't hunt morning until the end of october um but i want to say my first sit i want to say my first sit was saturday october 3rd okay um I think that was the first one that I went out there and, and did, uh, you know, kind of just got out in the stand just to kind of see what was going on. Just yep. opening morning. You love going out opening morning and you kind of just see what happens. What's the vibe? What's it looking like out there? Yep. So, I mean, I don't think that's unconventional at all. I mean, a lot of guys, yeah, they don't, they don't hunt October mornings. I think that's kind of a, I don't know, crack of, of, I don't know what you'd call it. it I, I'm not downplaying anybody that hunts or doesn't hunt October mornings, but for me, you know, it's kind of situational too. If I get a cold front and if you've got a stand that you know you can get in and not bump deer, I'm all for it. Like get in and hunt, you know, if you can get in and out of that spot. And like, I get it. You know, a lot of people talk about how it's, it's hard to beat deer back to bed and stuff like that. I, I understand that. But I mean, like I said, if you can get in and out good access and good, you know, entry and, and exit, why not? You know, and you get a cold front and in my my eyes too like i don't get a lot of time to hunt either so anytime i can get into the the woods i'm, I'm going you know but i'm not going in just willy-nilly and not you know just not minor you know not not going in just saying well screw the wind screw the the entry and exit i'm not doing that i'm doing it calculated but you know i i try to take it with a grain of salt when everybody says well don't hunt opening more or don't hunt october mornings or yeah you should hunt october mornings you know it's just one of those things everybody's scenario is different so you know i don't know i try not to look too far into it i just try to take the scenario i have and apply everything i can do right bingo yeah i mean it's it's different for everybody um and and honestly like you know like I said, you know, I've heard people say like, stay out of your best spots October morning. Like, I mean, everything that, that I was being told was, and not to say that that's bad information. It's just different for everybody in certain spots. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm traditionally a morning hunter. I do. I love, I love my morning hunts more than my evening hunts. Um, 
I've always seen my best deer on morning hunts. Just, okay. There's, there's only been a couple of times I've ever seen a real good buck in the evening. Um, just for this property specifically. Um, but morning hunts are, those, those are what I love to do. I love going, I love doing my morning hunts. I'll get evening hunts in in different spots, but just for this farm particularly, I, I stick to those mornings, but that first morning it was good to get out and see. And that was that morning. I saw that one, that one eight point that stepped out there um, and just kind of learned that lesson. But it was that whole timing. I knew what time he was coming out. I knew where he was working. I felt like that was a deer that was going to be sticking into that area. You did your homework. Um, I mean, you did yeah. your due diligence and you knew you had a pattern on this deer you figured. Yeah. And he was definitely a shooter. Like I, I, it wasn't a hesitation of thought whether or not I was going to shoot that deer. It was just the, his angle of where he was, it was just a bad angle to start. And then again, I had some of that low hanging brush. Didn't feel comfortable with it, but I felt like I would, I could catch him. Like I, I have a feeling this deer is in here. This is his spot. Yep. So you went in on the 3rd of October. What did you see that day? Um, I ended up seeing it was that I saw that one buck, but before that, I ended up seeing it was probably a family of does. I probably saw about five does walk through and they, you know, a couple of them were grazing through the acorns and then i had a couple that were out into the food plot gotcha okay um so and funny enough one of the does actually kind of broke off and then she just bedded behind my tree stand about 15 yards behind my tree stand and just she stayed there for a good hour mm -hmm. so i couldn't move a whole lot because i mean she just seen me perfectly um but again it's just you're learning what deer are moving through there what time sure. what's going on so now were the deer using your food plot like you expected i would say that they were using it more so they were using it more in the evenings than the mornings, but okay. they would, they were still coming through and grazing that area. Uh, I think at the time they were more interested in the acorns than they were the food plot. Okay. But some of those other dough that were in there, let's just call it was just, you know, they'd take a couple steps, they might munch a little bit and then they'd kind of work their way out of it. They weren't really sticking around too long. Yep. Um, but that at the time, I think they were really just more interested in the acorns than anything. Yeah. And if, if your acorn drop was anything like ours this year in Michigan, it was ridiculous. I mean, acorns everywhere, 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 you know, dude. I think that they was... trumped in a lot of areas. They trumped the crop, you know, corn and, and, and beans in the fields. You know, there For were so sure. many acorns out. Yeah. It, it, without a doubt. I mean, that's, that's again, I knew the acorns were dropping and I saw the deer were, were into the acorns. I just, I knew something was going to happen. Like I've had a good feeling about it. I guess it was just like being able to get the right situation uh, for, for what was going on. Yep. So with you putting the food plot in and then seeing that the, the, the movement was switching more to the evening, you thought, did you ever think, you know, shit, putting this food plot in, maybe I've turned this spot to more of an evening spot this year. Like you thinking coming in, you thought it was a morning spot. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would say, honestly, I felt like if anything, if they were moving through there in the evening, they weren't sticking around. They were just real quick. They were, yep. But I don't, you know, again, the evening was, I just wasn't feeling the evening. I don't think they were moving through there too much. It was, they were just, it was morning. They were more relaxed in the morning than they were in the evening, I'd say. Because okay. like, I, I honestly didn't, I didn't see any deer in the evening. Um, that, like I said, I think I was one or two sits in the evening that I did there. And I just, it just was enough to make me go i'm not hunting this spot in the evening just sure. not gonna do it did did um 
now I can't remember what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. But <laughs> <laughs> you do that a lot, or I do that a lot. <laughs> uh, I do, yeah, me too. Me too. If I just, you, yeah, like, do you like blue or blue or red? Yeah, yeah. Banana. For sure. like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so with the, you know, with that evening movement, I don't know. It, it's kind of, you might it might almost be a blessing in disguise i would think too because if you're coming into this thinking it's a morning spot and then the deer is starting to use it in the evening a little more then it's like okay it's it's actually doing its job you know it's it's getting the does here and that's what right. you wanted so i'm thinking even though they're not sticking around i mean the doe it, it just takes one hot doe to come through there and you know pee in a scrape or something like that and a buck's going to come and check. And that's the beauty of those little kill pl- kill plots to me is like the does like to frequent them. And, you know, they're usually in the timber. I try to put them next to, you know, adjoining a or somewhere near some security cover. So the does are going to come there and the bucks are just going to, they're just going to bump from each one and figure out where and try to pick a doe off them, you know. Um yeah, I, I I I would think that's a plus, you know, if those does are using it a little more in the evening as well. Yeah, and that was kind of my hope too, is that I knew that I had a good family group of does that were coming through yep. there just about every day. Um, so I, I, it was kind of like, okay, this is going to be a, I should be good for a rut. Like these does are moving through here. I'm like, so I, I mean, for me, I'm thinking early November, late October, early November, I should be good. Like there's something, something's going to work its way through here. Sure. Um, but it was what, you know, just some different things. I, and I don't know, I, it's, I, I can honestly say I've seen some bucks make rubs, make scrapes, you know, while out in the tree stand or when scouting. Um, but the one buck again, that I saw that first morning on the third, he actually started rubbing. He already started making rubs. Like yeah. that's, it was kind of one of those things. I heard him making a rub, working his way down where I, I kind of was like, okay, this he's again, he's working this area. He's starting to mark this area as his. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just kind of reinforced the fact that there's going to be deer moving through here. I think it's, you know, it's going to be more for, it, it could be an evening spot as we get closer through things. Cause I mean, buck activity is good in the evening. It's real good in the evening. I just, I wasn't, again, wasn't seeing them where I was, didn't want to mess with it. Morning seemed better Yep. and, and kind of set the stage up for, for my plan. Um, it would have been the, uh, I think it was October 16th. Like I knew that was, I, I had marked that day on my calendar as the day. Like that was going to be my day. What was that for? Why was that? And well, I want to say that it was the way that the moon phase was going to roll. And then we were getting a really good cold front. Like we were getting a stupid, like a crazy good cold front for early October. Yep. Um, and again, as I said, for 2019, I noticed the most buck activity in rubs and scrapes and camera uh, during daylight hours, early October. Okay. Uh, I mean, a tor- like it was specifically, I remember having two amazing bucks on camera in 2019 on October 11th. Okay. Um, in daylight? In daylight. Yeah. So again, just using that, that knowledge of what it was the year before. Historical data how is hab- huge. <laughs> yeah. How habitual deer can be. Yeah. Especially, especially in a certain spot. Um, I had just circled cause we had a new moon it was a new moon phase on October 16th. And then we were going to have like a super cold front where we're talking like in that morning. Uh, I think our high was like 30 something. Okay. Uh, so I knew that was it. Like I, I, that's, I wanted to, I called off that day. I was like, I knew that day was going to be a call off day. I said, Hey guys, 
I know we're kind of busy here, uh, <laughs> but I need this day off. I, I've got a good feeling about this day. So. Now, was this was the sixteenth? Was that the first? Like the morning? Was that the first morning of the cold front? Like when it hit? Did it hit overnight? Coming? Yeah, into it the hit 16th? overnight. Okay, it, it hit Thursday night going into going into that Friday morning. I got And you. we had actually good cold weather for that entire weekend. So that whole weekend was going to be great. Just for me, again, based off of what the moon was doing, the deer sure. activity I was seeing. Yep. We got the acorns. They're in the acorns. Everything was lining up for a good hunt. Yep. Okay. So walk me through that day then. Like what uh, what happened? I, I'm guessing when you're driving to the farm, if you had marked this on the calendar, you're probably grinning from ear to ear as you're driving. Probably got like some Led Zeppelin or something just blaring in the in the vehicle, <laughs> just like you know, head banging, just ready to go. You know, I'm thinking. Yeah, man, it, it was. So I woke up and. And was just kind of like super pumped because here's the other thing too um i had just got some this is gonna sound crazy i'm not i'm whatever but i i just got some new sick gear i was super pumped to try out the sick gear on a, on a cold day sure yep. um so i'm i'm in my base layers i'm in my new coat and pants everything like that you're looking good uh, you feel good you I'm, play good. Yeah, I'm feeling it i'm yeah. just feeling it dude i've, I've got I've, i'm definitely feeling it. i always so say I, that you look good you hunt good you hunt good i got you a new bow good. Yeah. You know, and I had a new bow this year. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was all I was I was feeling it for sure. So <laughs> I, I I did a stupid little video on my Instagram in the morning of I was just like, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. This is the plan. I'm feeling real good this morning. You know, I'll kind of keep everybody posted as we go along. I remember um, seeing that video because I was hunting. Keegan was filming me that morning, um, and mm-hmm. we were going after a buck that I called Tynes Ward in Michigan here. And I remember seeing the video, and you were texting me actually that morning. And I'll, I'll get into that later, but, uh, yeah, I can only imagine what you were thinking. Yeah, I was, I was pumped up. I mean, I had a day off too, and I got to go hunting. So that was super exciting. I mean, so I get out there, I get geared up, um, head up to the head up. I start walking up to the, to, to the stand. But the thing is, again, I said, this is a horse pasture. I have to go in the, in the gate. And, and so wasn't expecting the horse to be there. So the horse is actually right there at the gate waiting on me. And, uh, she can be funny sometimes. I wasn't real worried about her, but got in. I start walking up to the spot. She starts following me. I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't follow me. She's following me up to the uh, to the tree stand and uh, kind of pushing me along the way. I was like, I do. It's pitch black. I mean, all I got is my headlight on. I wanted to get out there early enough that yep. I wasn't gonna, you know, mess anything up. But I got this super huge horse just behind me, just click, 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 click. So I started worrying a little bit. So finally, we got those to, deer got to be kinda, used to that, though, don't you think? That's the great thing, as they are. Yeah, um, you should have just got on her back used, and just rode her dude, in. That would have been <laughs> amazing. And then I would have had a super awesome Instagram video. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Do it <laughs> for the gram. Exactly. She follows me up. I get to the timber and I kind of cut off a certain way where she couldn't get through. So she just stopped there. I left. I parted ways with her and uh, got up to the tree stand. Got settled in. And of course, you're just all giddy, but it's just so quiet. I mean, it was so quiet that morning and cold. Uh, yeah, quiet and cold. So I mean, everything's frosty. It's just get up there. I had a nice, huge thing of of coffee to, to you know sip from and just enjoy the morning. Kind of feeling like again, it was going to be a good good hunt regardless. Yep. So get up there, sit down, and just kind of settle in. And this, I think, I got settled in probably. If I'm thinking everything correctly, I was probably in my stand at like six thirty. So you're you're probably well within an hour in before 
like our like the the light it's gonna start getting light yeah and that was my goal this year was to try to be in not crazy early into my tree stands yeah. but at least about an hour an hour to 45 minutes give myself while it's dark now i will say that i was a little concerned because sometimes they will bed in that area in that timber yep on the high side of the hill so i have a pretty foolproof plan of walking in and cutting right down to my tree stand but there have been a couple times i've bumped does uh, out of that spot so i was a little worried about that but thank goodness this morning there was nothing in there got up in a tree stand settled in started sipping some coffee didn't know what i was going to be in for but had a good feeling about it okay so i mean you got a good feeling that that's that's rule number one and you look good so you know yeah, you're thinking, good. i was warm i was feel i good. was comfortable man you got coffee going so now yeah. what is any deer moving around you as it's getting daylight? You know, something you can't see. You said it's real calm. Can you hear deer moving around? Like, what, what's what's the morning shaping up to be? It was it was quiet. Um, I think that daylight officially hit at about 7.20 that morning. Okay. Um, and I'm telling you, just like, I mean, at the snap of a finger, 7.20 hit, and I had my first doe start walking out. And it's really funny that that happened because I was just sitting up in the tree stand, had my phone in my hands, you know, texting people i'm doing you know checking instagram just kind of going through stuff and i just did this little pan shot like from my tree stand view because the sun was coming up it was just like a real nice morning and i pan around and i literally had enough time to put my phone back in my pocket and i saw the first doe maker pop her head out of the hot you know what i call it there the hot corner yeah spot where they start coming out so she starts funneling i know i see her funneling out and you know kind of like okay here we go she starts coming out, you know, another one comes out, another one comes out. And then there's another one that's working her way behind me. So I've got that family of does that, you know, just working their way out. And so the activity's already started. I, and I've got a lot of eyeballs on me at this point too. Like they start working their way through, but one dose specifically was a little bit iffy. Um, she was the cautious one. The rest of them were just kind of, you know, grazing through the acorns. I had a couple out in the food plot again. And they were actually using the food plot that morning. Yep. Um, but when I knew stuff was going to start happening quick was I started hearing a rub. I started hearing the trees shake and you just, you know, that sound, Yep. you know, that just raking their antlers on the, on the trees. Um, I heard it. I couldn't see anything, but I heard it and was looking back behind them. Um, got the bow in hand and, and it was, again, I've got all these eyeballs on me. So it's kind of nerve wracking because you're, the only thing you can do is just you stay as absolutely still as you can sure. and hope that they get past me before he comes out. Yep. So you can't um, see this deer. You can just hear him. I can hear him. Yeah. Okay. I literally could hear him and that was it. I just heard this and I knew it was a buck because he's making a rub. So I don't know what buck it is, but I'm always going to be, I'm going to be fairly ready as soon as I start to see a deer work its way out because stuff can happen so fast. Yep. Now you have no idea how much time you have. Sure. So now you have a couple bucks in your inventory, right? Like you know yes. there's a couple bucks in the area. So um that are frequently frequenting your your area. So you're just waiting for him to step out to see which one it is, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was the whole thought process. Like I don't know what deer it is, but I'm going to be ready and and we'll see what happens because obviously this was Oh man, he popped out at about a quarter till eight. I think it was Yep, is when he popped out. Like I finally saw him. Um, so it was still early. It was early in the morning. I mean, I could have sat there all stinking day if I wanted to and probably had more deer funneling out, but okay. knowing, you know, he, he finally pops his head out and 
I, I, the deer wasn't familiar to me. So it wasn't the buck that I saw the, the couple weeks before there on the third. I know it wasn't him, but I'm looking at this deer and you know, you get excited. You see oh, antlers, yeah. you, you got a deer. And, uh, for me, the last buck I shot was in 2012. So I've been so running been, in a little. You're on a hiatus right now. I am on a super hiatus. <laughs> like there's, I've been saying it for for a couple of years. Like I've got a, I've got a gorilla sized like purse on my back. Like, yeah. And I want to break that thing. I want to get that thing off of there. Not for a lack of trying. You've been hunting your ass off. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I, maybe I got a little picky sometimes because you see these, you see trail camera pictures, and you go, I know that deer is there. I've seen him. Right. He's there. I'm hunting that deer. Yep. So and you pass you up some bucks too that you know you're waiting you know holding out for another buck so you pass some bucks and I get it yeah yeah so I see this deer he pops out and he's he's got a good frame on him real solid four by four you know nice eight point um did you immediately get giddy I did like <laughs> I don't know why I did I don't know why I did but I was just I was excited I was already excited. He's making rubs. He's got. He's working with those does. He's following those does. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, it's you know, again, it, it was a perfect morning. I mean, yep. I can't sit stress enough how perfect the morning was. Like, so he pops out. I get a good look at him. I start thinking. Now I start playing that game in my head. Is this a deer that I'm going to shoot or am I going to pass? Like, that I'm you still, want to tag out. I'm on. I'm on like my third hunt of or my third you know day of the year that I'm actually out hunting. So. Yep. I've got an entire season yet ahead of me. So and I you only get one buck game. tag, right? In Ohio, Ohio it gives you one buck tag. Yep. So think, yeah, you have to play that little game in your head. So, um, and traditionally for me, I don't know what it is. Once I hit November, I, it just like the activity for me just starts to slow down, which is kind of weird. Now yeah. it could have been completely different this year, but he pops out, he starts walking right to me. Like not, I'm not expecting this deer to come, right to me he, uh-huh. he didn't take that right that i anticipated and he didn't go to the food plot to follow the does that he was closest with right he stays in the acorns and in this fence line walking right to me i start playing the game i'm like he's kind of young i, I start, you know i was like he's kind of young uh and i got a whole season ahead of me i'm like you know i'm gonna let him go but i had my release on you know my release is on knocked on a d loop and I'm just playing the game and, and going, do I shoot this deer? Do I shoot this deer? He's young. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. He keeps coming closer. <laughs> and there's a part of, of, of a, I don't know, there's a part of me that that giddy little kid was like, I asked one question to myself as he got to about five yards. Would you pass this deer at the end of the season? And the answer immediately was, no, you wouldn't. You're going to shoot a deer because, A, you want meat in the freezer, and B, you haven't shot a buck since 2012, and maybe yep. this is that little thing you need to get a good, you know, to get, get the monkey off streak, your back. get it going. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. So as soon as I said, nope, it was, boom, draw back. <laughs> he got into the lane, <laughs> and it was just a five-yard chip shot right straight down from my, my tree stand. Oh, man. So where'd you hit him? Okay, so because he was so close to me, and it was such a, 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 such a, a shot at the angle, it went down kind of – from the top and it went down through him double lung first double lung i've ever had on a deer so that was i knew it immediately because the i mean i saw the arrow go right through the other side right and, and it hit the ground right on the other side so immediately i knew i had a double you know i don't want to say double lung but a pass through that's what i meant sorry pass through i hit him a little high so unfortunately i hit him a little high you don't want to do that necessarily but it, when yep. it, the way that it still went down through and the angle it went down through i clipped the lung 
Um, but unfortunately it came and when it came out the other side, it also went kind of down through his guts. Okay. So you got so, a little bit of everything. Yeah. I kind of got a little bit of everything. I was using a, uh, a wasp dart, uh, fixed, fixed blade broadhead. So that's their four blade. I wanted to try that out. I've been wanting to try a fixed, uh, for, for a little while with the compound. And so that's what I did. Kind of skipped the mechanical bit and went fixed having just believing that the bow that I was shooting, the arrow I was shooting, all that was going to take care of itself on a good, you know, on a, on a deer. It was going right. to, it was going to do the trick. So everything happened so fast. It was like right before eight o'clock watched him. But I also, right before I had shot, one of the does actually saw me draw back. So she snorted and took off, which kind of alerted him for a second, but he had no idea I was there. Right. So, yep. I got the shot off. I watch all the other deer kind of disperse. I'm watching him go so far. And so then he kind of got out of, out of my, my vision and he kind of, that's why I lost him. So I was like, I was pumped though. Cause I knew it was, I, I, I got him. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, you know, kind of like, thank God, you know, everything like that. And, uh, send a, send a message to, uh, I sent a message to my dad and I sent a message to you and a, and a couple other people here at work. I sent a picture. I was like, Hey, there's no, you know, there's no arrow on this, on this bow. And funny story, <laughs> side story to everybody I work with. They saw that picture and they go, Oh, did you forget your quiver? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> it wasn't like the thought process was, Oh, Brian finally shot a deer. It was, did you forget you quiver? Oh, that is so, hilarious. Yeah. So I didn't know what was going on and then they finally got it and they're like, Oh, that's awesome. And you know, so I guess start getting the messages in. And I was like, let's, I'm going to wait it out. Obviously you want to wait it out, even though it was a pass through, um, waited about, I'd say I waited about a good 45 minutes to an hour before I finally got down, yep. but got down, pulled my arrow, checked it, um, had a slight concern just because there was blood on it, but it was just different. I, I, I hadn't really seen an arrow again. I'd never had a pass through, but yep. so it was just kind of different. You know, there was blood on it. I'm looking at it. Everything looks great. Now we get into recovery and this is where I start to, this is another part of the story that was just interesting enough. I see blood right where I had shot him. I have some good blood and I start walking. Now, mind you, there was like some frost on the ground and by this time it's some of it's watery and you got all the leaves on the ground that are yellow and red and they got the yellow leaves have like all the little red circles in them. And so I've done plenty of blood trails before. And this one was extremely difficult just for various reasons. Um, almost everything looked like blood to me just because of all the leaves <laughs> that we were seeing and everything like that. So I'm following where I knew he went and I'm following the blood trail. I had blood. Well, there's a spot where he has to cross that gas well, that little gas well road lane. Okay. And it's pretty much just mud. So where he crossed, it's just mud. I mean, there was no blood. I didn't see anything like that. So I kind of got a little worried. I'm like, I don't know which way he went. Did he continue to go this way? Did he go this way? My father-in-law came up after a bit. He finally came up, helped me, and uh, we started kind of looking around, trying to follow blood, putting my marks on my uh, my app that I'm using. And I, it's like you know the smell of a dead deer. Oh yeah. Yep. I could smell him. Yep. Like I'm like I know there's a deer, but I'm panicking. I'm like I can't find this deer. I don't know how well the shot really was yep so i'm like what do i, I don't want to find a lot like, of blood a, right yeah no not a lot of blood and so 
I don't want to bump him. I'm starting to panic. Like, cause I'm like, I know I got this deer. This deer has got to be dead, but I, I don't want to risk too much. Sure. Conventional wisdom. Maybe you back out, give it another hour or two, eat some breakfast, go back out. I, that was not me at that point because I'm like, I know this deer's dead. I can smell like that. Just that smell. Like yeah. I know he was dead. So I'm looking around and it's like I said, that drop is just nothing but thicket. I mean, you can't see five foot out in front of you. Mm -hmm. So I get on my hands and knees. I crawl down over that ledge into a little thick, you know, a little briar patch. I start, you know, getting a couple feet down and then boom, I see white belly and antler. And I'm like, (laughs) there he is. I mean, he didn't run, uh, you know, not the the great Daniels didn't go 20. He might've went, (laughs) didn't go 40. So he didn't go far and I found him and it was just like, I find when I, you know, I got right down to him and he was, he had passed and it was just like, I got my hands on his antlers and and it just kind of, my thing is anytime I've ever taken a deer, I just, just say a quick prayer, you know, it's the thrill of the hunt. I'm thankful for it. It, it, For that one, especially just because of how long it was between getting a deer, especially a buck. Cause I, again, I was two years without punching a tag, uh, just for a doe tag. Yep. Like I just, I was being so picky that it, and then once I get to a certain point, I typically don't take a doe. Yep. For um, sure. But it was just like all that had finally, like it was gone. I, like I had the monkeys off my back. The relief. Got my deer, he's right in front of me. <laughs> Everything felt amazing. Yep. Of course, when you get up on the deer, you know, and you get a good look at him, you're like, he's a little smaller than I was kind of initially. Because every buck's big buck when you're getting ready to shoot him. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. Yep. But, you know, I was still happy with him. I was happy with good. that deer regardless. He could have been good. a four point, you know, and I'd have still been probably super. It's just as jacked. But, good. yep. Um, he's a solid eight. I was more than happy with him. And it's kind of one of those things. That's that's the key point is, is you if you're happy with that deer, everybody else can just deal with it that you know i wanted to shoot that deer i got meat for the freezer it's a it's a great memory it was a great hunt i'd worked my you know like you'd said and not just pumping myself up but i worked my ass off <laughs> on exactly. that so yeah and with as crappy of a year as it's been it just felt so good to have you know that happen the way that it a did. little it, it's just a little bit of uh release a little bit of like step away from things for a hot second even if it's for two minutes you know what i mean mm-hmm. or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is but yeah dude i totally uh, totally agree i mean that thing makes you happy and you know by all means let her eat you know so exactly i guess <clears throat> you know for everybody to, to visualize it like what what was he like what uh i mean score is not a, a big deal i say it all the time but that's a good way to represent a deer so like you know see that you can't see so like what how old do you think he was and and how big i i would say almost almost certain this was probably i would say he was pushing three he was maybe maybe under the three mark or maybe three he was not that old um i i never scored him i still have not scored him okay um just because i know that (laughs) i know the score is dismal like it, it wasn't gonna <laughs> I wouldn't be say that man i, d- I don't mean, downplay yeah. it you know i guess i don't want to downplay it but i just i i don't know i didn't score him and maybe i should but i didn't score him um but again he was just a nice four by four three-year-old i mean i know it's hard to visualize that but think of a young buck probably would have had fantastic potential in two <laughs> years like he would have been really nice within a year or two i, I i'm telling you yeah um but it was just that I asked that question to myself right before I, you know, drew back was, are you going to pass this same deer 
when you get towards the end of your season. And yep. I just, I, there was no way in hell I was going to do that. For sure. So why not shoot that deer now? Yep. I guess the answer would have been, well, you could have seen bigger deer. And the funny thing is, is I went back out this past November um, just to pull my camera or, you know, pull the card and just kind of see what things were looking like because my father-in-law still hunts too. Yep. And so I was trying to give him some info, what's going on on that side still. And there was plenty of deer that were bigger than the one that I shot. There was two in particular that they well, were out there. Yeah. And and I played that game and it is what it is. I mean, coulda, woulda, shoulda, but I was still happy with my deer. So. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not saying you have to score your deer by any means. You know, it's just a, right. just a good way. It to helps represent. people know more yes. what it is. Yeah. 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 That's all I'm saying. And, you know, the thing is sometimes you're on a, on an eight year hiatus basically. And I'm not, you know, sometimes it takes that, like, let's just, let's get some confidence. Let's, let's build some confidence. And, you know, you got a new bow, you want to, you want to use that. And, you know, it's like, build some confidence, get the monkey off your back and and then let's just push forward from here. I get it, man. Every hunter, Mm -hmm. I don't care who out there is listen. Every hunter goes through that at some point in their hunting, you know, endeavors they do. And it's just one of those things. It's like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's 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 get this monkey off the back and and get some confidence going. So I totally get it. Yep. And and that's what it was. It was just it was a total confidence booster. It made me. It was just like, yeah, I can still kill a deer. I can still kill a buck. For sure. Yeah. Mind you, it was a five yard chip shot. Um, and I had been, again, working here at America's Best Bowstrings. You just you go over the range and you shoot and you shoot and you shoot. You go to IBO events. You go shoot the bow hunter defense course. You just you shoot so much and so often you practice and, and it's just that one shot, you know, it's just, it's for that one shot. Yep. I'm not a fantastic shot. I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm a bow, I'm more of a bow hunter than I am a competition shooter, but for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's just that repetition getting out there and shooting that I felt confident even if, you know, I would have been, I would say that I'm comfortable anywhere from 30 and less. So five yards felt really easy to me at that point. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it, it, it was just, a confidence booster it felt so good to get that buck it i mean from the whole point like i said the excitement of seeing him and just i was just super pumped from from that moment and we go through the low of oh my gosh i've got little to no blood where did he go all those things start running through your head do you bump the deer do you risk bumping a deer and you go all that and then when you finally see him get your hands on you're like yes like finally like that the monkey's off my back uh, I think I remember you and Keegan sending me some some text messages, and I was super pumped to be able to talk to you guys and um, kind of tell you a little bit of the story there. But of course, we had to we had to go through a little bit more of a process just to get him out of the briars. Because mind <laughs> you, again, we're in this briar patch yep. that's like I'm on my hands and knees to go get to him. So we uh, we had a side by side. My father in law has a side by side, and he's just like, you know what, we can we can make this happen. He's just let me just back into it. So we get uh, some hand saws and we cut some of the real thick stuff up front. And he's just, he takes the, takes the side by side and where my deer had passed, there was a good little grassy area, um, within this thicket, but we, he just backed down this hill with the side by side and we wrapped him up with a, uh, with a toe strap, uh, wrapped the deer around it and just, we brought him out that way. But once we finally got him up there, we got to, got to tag him you know we tagged him obviously we tagged him already but you know tag gut all that that everything you got to do up there and then of course you got to get the pictures and oh yeah, yeah. kind of get all that going and then my wife was excited my girls were really excited to come out they brought out breakfast and um kind of just that whole experience yep. you know it was just 
having that experience there to just kind of pull that and especially my family being there and um my one daughter's old enough that she because she was my biggest critic um <laughs> every time i would go hunting and i didn't come back with a deer as soon as i got in the door she'd go daddy did you get a deer and i would have to say no i didn't get a deer well why do you go hunting <laughs> so <laughs> she gave me the business so i had to i had to get something Good. done so she finally finally saw that i got a deer she's keeping and then, down the straight uh, and narrow man <laughs> yeah, and then my youngest, I know, right? And my youngest, she uh, she always likes to sit and watch, you know, the hunting shows with me at home and stuff. And she, deer, deer, you know, that's deer, that is boy deer. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. So she got to see it too. So it was real cool uh, to kind of have all that going on as well. Yep. Well, that's awesome, man. That's I'm so happy for you, and, and you know, working your tail off and going that many years without putting a putting a tag on a buck. I mean, you deserve it. It's it's. Uh, yeah, you you put your time in, you know, you changed some things up this year and you really honed in on it. And I I feel like, you know, just from talking to you from afar, you know, on the phone and stuff like that and just through text and everything, like I feel like you took, you know, leaps and bounds steps ahead this year as a hunter. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you and this is my opinion, I feel like you learned a lot this year. Um and, you know, a lot of guys that takes, you know, years to to learn as much as probably what you and you probably don't feel like it but i think you have just from knowing you before and then like this one year i feel like you learned a lot just on how the way you approach things now um right i i do and i'm 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 happy for you man that's awesome yeah and i appreciate it and you know the awesome thing that i can say for me i have i have so many people within this industry that I have learned from and that I can pick their brain. I mean, from yourself and just watching, you know, some of the stuff that you guys do up there at Humanimal, you know, some of the guys over, uh, you know, talking with like Jared Mills at Midwest yep. Whitetail yep. and, and, you know, some of these other guys, you know, uh, Justin Zarr at bowhunting.com, you know, talking to him and, and Brad and, and Todd, those guys. And just, it just so many different people that I can, that I can, Hey, I can bounce stuff off of, or I can say, you know, what do you think about this? Um, but you know, it kind of goes me and you talk you know as often as we can and i try to listen to the show as much as i can and i honestly take so much of what you and a lot of your other guests come up on the show like i said that moon phase episode yeah i attribute a huge amount to my success this year just by that moon phase episode i mean it was it was unbelievable because i never really hunted based off of the moon yeah um but it's just cool to be able to have that you know that community to be able to talk to and learn from these people and all these different things it's just it's it's awesome i mean i'm honestly blessed by it well and that makes me feel good because you know that's all i'm i'm looking for this podcast is for people to take a little bit out of each episode you know and you might not take anything out of 115 episodes that i've did i've done but you know i've done like 130 or 140 or something like that but you might take something out of that one episode that's like that just changed your change your thought process with the moon phase one it did the same thing to me when i talked to justin hollandsworth you know about the moon phase stuff what he was telling me it just was an eye-opener something i've never really looked at and i'm like okay that's sweet i'm gonna start looking into that and kind of applying it to what i'm doing and i'll tell you what this year it's that it holds true you know that what he was telling me it holds true so if anybody wants to listen to that episode i can't remember what number it is i don't know do you remember what number it is right offhand it wasn't too oh, long ago I that can't, we did it. It wasn't. I want to say, honestly, that thing was probably somewhere 
early September, yeah. maybe? September or October, somewhere in there. Something like that. It's with yeah. Justin Hollinsworth. Go and check it out. He's a wealth of knowledge. He kills a giant deer. He's from Ohio, and uh, um, he just he's got a really cool way of looking at the moon phase. And it really it this year with running cell cams myself and and seeing seeing everything happen right you know within a minute of it happening. It it it's true. Like it it holds true for me as well here in Michigan. So. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, for sure. It, it's 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 awesome, man. And, and yep. podcasts. I mean, honestly, like you just learn so much. It's just yep. like having a vert, you know, just being able to listen and learn so much stuff. Definitely, it's, it's crazy, yeah. crazy. I've applied so much stuff, you know, like you said, that learning about this year is. You, honestly, like I can't I can't stress enough that you know your show, your podcast, and just various other people, just the stuff you can learn if you just take the time to listen and and kind of just plan it out. It, it's unbelievable. It For really sure. is. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool, man. I'm going to cut you loose here. We're up on a little over an hour here, but I do want to give you a chance to plug ABB and kind of tell everybody where they can find and, you know, anything America's best, how to order it, how to, you know, check out the strings and, you know, learn more and everything. Just kind of take the next little bit to, to kind of do a little plug there. Sure, man. Um, absolutely. I appreciate it. So yeah, uh, America's best bowstrings. If you're looking for uh, a great custom bowstring, uh, fit function, everything there, you customize this thing to whatever you want it to look like. Uh, I know you guys are shooting them there. You're hitting the platinum series and that's what I'm shooting as well. Um, but we have a string for everybody. I mean, we really do. We have a string. If somebody's just getting into archery and we have somebody that, you know, you hear the words average bow hunter. I'm just an average bow hunter. Like the one thing I want to stress to people is, uh, you may think you're an average bow hunter, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to get a low quality item or anything like that. I mean, uh, our, our platinum series works just as well for, for a lot of these guys, guys will get the platinum series and they'll be like, you know, I was kind of hesitant cause I thought I could do this, but you know, you kind of recommended these ones and, um, our platinum series is really coming on strong. People are really liking that series. Um, not to, not to push away our premium or, or pursuit either or, or, or our hotline, but, um, platinum series man it, it really is it's where it's, it's at bees knees. it's the bee's knees <laughs> it is, I'd say. It is. As corny as that sounds but it's a great string um you can find uh you know check out uh, your local your local dealer we do have a dealer page there where you can type in a zip code see well which of our authorized dealers are close to you um our website is america's best bowstrings.com uh, you can always give us a call as well at 877-893-7155 um we've been extremely busy so it's been a crazy year for us we actually are we're huge this year in sales and, and just new people coming in that are familiar with the brand and we're very grateful for that but uh yeah i mean get with us and, and we'll be more than happy to answer any questions and make you uh, as i would like to say the best damn bowstring that's on the market today i'd have to second that and also bryant and i we've done podcasts in the past You'd have to go back and look through the inventory, but to talk, we, you know, we've done a podcast where we talk about every level of string that you guys have. So if you guys want to check that out as well, go and look at that. Um, yeah, and I agree. I mean, it, America's Best is the best string I've, you know, used and have ever used. And you know, the last three or four years, I've been doing all my own bow work, and I've worked with a lot of strings now. And I can't say anyone has been any better or even close to being better than America's best. I mean, I'm just gonna throw that out there. 
Not gonna. It might be a little ball tickle, but I, that's just how I feel, and I don't get paid by you. <laughs> so <laughs> no, man. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate it, and 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 as well, I want to plug real quick our our social pages: Facebook, Instagram. Check out America's Best Bowstrings through those avenues. If you have questions or you're interested in something, I run pretty much both of those. More than happy to talk to anybody about any questions or anything like that. Cool, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate the time. Always good catching up with you. And uh, how about you get out and fill some doe tags this year then, the late season? Yes, absolutely, man. I got it. We've been mowing through that meat already. So, yeah, I think I got to go get another one as well. <laughs> there you go. Get the bow back out and go kill some does. I know. You want to know the weird thing? I haven't touched my bow since I shot that buck. I'm, I'm way behind. You got way the range behind. right next to your office. Just step outside <laughs> your office and shoot. If you ever want to not shoot your bow, everybody, don't get into the archery industry. I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> well, cool, man. Thank you very much. I'm going to cut you loose, and uh, good luck this late season. Appreciate it, Aaron. Thank you again. Appreciate having me on, and uh, best of luck for your season as well, man. All right. Thanks. Thanks.